Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. Welcome to Radio Islam. This is your host, Tariq el and we're broadcasting on WCEV 1450 AM, and we're streaming at WCEV1450.com. Now, if you have not already done so, make sure that you are connected to us on social media. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You'll find us at Radio Islam USA. That's at Radio Islam USA. And also take a moment to subscribe to the podcast. We are wherever you get your podcast at. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, TuneIn, uh, just to name a few of the platforms. But you'll find us at Radio Islam USA. That same username. Really easy, really simple. All right, uh, Radio Islam family, today we have in studio, we have some folks that I think you are going to really enjoy hearing from, uh, especially if you have or if you've gone through this already or you've got children that are getting ready to get into college and looking to pay for education. Uh, this is a really timely conversation. So uh, we've got uh, some brothers in from a continuous charity, that's ACC. We've got uh, the founder, Dr. Atar Haq, and we have Brother Abdullah Sayed and Brother Imran Nanlawala. We welcome them all to Radio Islam. Assalamu alaikum. All right, that was like like second grade, right? Everybody all together. <laughs> so um, I want to start out with you, uh, uh, Dr. Atar. Um, so you are the founder of this organization, right? Uh, what what was the impetus for starting an organization that was focused specifically on um, uh, on meeting the needs of those aspiring for degrees in higher education? Well, you know that's a really good question, and I think um, my main impetus was really my upbringing from my father, uh, my father and mother, mashallah, may Allah bless both of them, both amazing people. Uh, really stressed the importance of education throughout our entire lives. I mean. Uh, don't get me wrong, we come from the Pakistani Indian descent, so we were basically forced to become physicians. So my whole family is a, a bunch of doctors. Uh, but, you know, but they really emphasize the importance of education and what that can do for you. And my dad being a very prime example, coming from the streets of India, he used to tell us stories of how he used to study under the streetlights and, you know, when the electricity would go out, then, you know, he would have to go back home. And, you know, he would do that day in and day out and really work really hard to get to, you know, leaving India, leaving that poverty-stricken area to come to the U.S., becoming successful, having a large family, and then bringing his family here, and then helping them from not only a financial perspective, but a spiritual perspective. And overall, like the fact that education was the impetus and night us to start all of, uh, basically to start a new life here in America. I mean, that's really what uh, helped me put that thought into my mind. How can I help other people? And uh, Alhamdulillah, Allah had blessed me to be in a situation where my father and mother were able to pay for my education completely. In fact, that was one of the reasons I actually became a physician was because I, I had asked them, I'm not going to go to school if I have to take an interest-based loan. Um, so they said, you know, that's not a big deal. Alhamdulillah, Allah has blessed us with finances, so we'll support you throughout your education. And then, you know, looking internally, I, I felt bad for those who are not in this same situation. There's many and hundreds of people who are smarter than me, better than me at, at anything. But Allah put me in a situation where, you know, I had the finances taken care of, so it was really easy for me to enter that field. Uh, but looking at other people who are smarter, faster, better at learning, uh, more adept to helping the community, you know, we were, I was thinking about ways how I can help them, you know, help the community. And that's really what ACC is about, is nurturing those people who are willing to give back to the community, mm -hmm. to put them in a situation where they have the knowledge and the, the, necess the necessary means to then help the community in the future. And that's really what, what drove me to, 
uh, and all the people around me because of course as any organization I didn't start it myself in the sense that like I had a, a strong team behind me and yeah. us together were able to use our, our talents to then form this organization alhamdulillah back about two, January 2012 or 13 that's when we started thinking about it and alhamdulillah June 2013 we're able to incorporate the organization as, as an official non-profit organization mm. what have been um, Brother Abdullah could, could you speak to some of the um, how the how the offerings are are structured and uh, and particularly we have some conversation offline about some of the um, I'm sorry that was with uh, brother Imran <laughs> but we have some conversations about some of the, uh, the, the 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 impacts of student uh, of, of accruing student loans uh, and you know how that you know how that deters people from pursuing uh, higher education how it uh, you know impacts you know just finances in general uh, could, could you go ahead and speak to that yeah, I mean, um, I think I'll start with the, your second question first because that's what needs to be, we need to break the ice and we need to talk about student debt crisis as a real situation, right? Yeah. Uh, we know, for example, uh, the, the crisis, uh, I'm, I'm looking at this flyer here, the, the Uyghur Muslims that reside in China, there's a crisis. We are spreading awareness about the crisis. I think in this podcast, I thought, first of all, want to break the ice and talk about the situation, right? Um, so imagine this. 10 years ago, cost of higher education was a third of what it is now. So now it's three times more expensive. So if you take like, for example, a gallon of milk and say it's gonna be three times more expensive, uh, let's say it's about 15 bucks a gallon of, uh, of milk, that type of inflation is unheard of in most other industries, that inflation exists in higher education. There's many reasons for that. Schools competing to build bigger buildings. Uh, you know, presidents of universities and colleges, their salaries skyrocketing for different reasons. You know, obviously there's budget cuts on the federal, uh, you know, f from the federal government side towards education. So the prices are going up because there's lack of subsidy. So there's many reasons for the prices to go up. So first of all, let's let's talk about what the crisis is. Mm. The student debt crisis is a 45 million person crisis. 45 million Americans, many of them Muslim, maybe non-Muslim, are affected by this. They're in cumulative $1.5 trillion worth of debt. I don't even know how much that, how many zeros that is. That's a lot of zeros. A lot of zeros. What is that? You know, million is six, billion is nine. That's 12 zeros, man. That's a, that's a lot of zeros. So um, to talk about what that does to the human psyche, right? So there's a student that, that wrote to us. Uh, she said, look, I've... Uh, got a loan of $260,000. She lives in Washington, D.C. She says the loan dictates everything in my life. My decision about job, my decision about children, about getting married, about buying a house, about saving for retirement, it also dictates my mental health, day-to-day -day mental health. Mm -hmm. And there's a statistic, there's a, you know studies about how uh, student loans can cause homelessness, can also cause suicide because people can't take that pressure year after year. They're trying to pay down that loan, but because the interest is snowballing, that is building up again, right? They pay down the loan, it builds up again. They pay down, it builds up again. Mm -hmm. When are they going to reach the end of this tunnel, right? So that people are worried about that. One more stat just to highlight. Every 20 seconds in America, every 20 seconds, a student is defaulting on their student loan. And defaulting means they're not able to pay it. Not, not because they don't want to pay it. Defaulting right. means they got other things to pay for, like rent, childcare, car, house, food. Mm. You know, so you're, you're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of debt. No society should have its young folks start their life like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then also, I guess we could add in 
uh, parents that are taking out loans on behalf of their children. So it's not just it's not just the the student. You know, it's 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 parents that are also committing themselves to another twenty years of uh, of being responsible for a loan. So yeah, that that is definitely a really great point to bring up, uh, brother Imran. Did you want to um, add anything with regard to, because uh, I think Brother Abdullah just mentioned about the uh, connection to suicide, uh, and it really was not something that personally I'd ever even considered. Um, but but this is this is something that is, you know, it, it's pervasive, and it is impacting uh, folks in, you know, in some ways that sometimes we are really not aware of because we're not talking about them. Uh, could you speak to uh, what we were talking about earlier uh, with regard to uh, well, I won't even I won't put the words in your mouth, but would you repeat some of those some of those things for our listening audience now, just in regard to um, uh, to the to the importance of having a loan free, uh, interest free uh, loan? Well, I think it all goes back to what Abdullah was mentioning earlier about the expense of higher education has gone up six times, three times in the last ten years. Three times in the last ten years, has the quality gone up three times? Have the job prospects gone up three times? Mm-hmm. So. It, we have to boil these down, these things down to just everyday layman terms, right? There is such a high debt we are incurring, and you brought up that a lot of the time it, it is the parents who are taking these loans out, but in fact it is young 18, 19, 20, 21-year-old who are taking these loans, not understanding the implications of what that is going to entail for the rest of their lives in a lot of cases. Um, and you brought up the suicide. So one thing that I was not very aware of was suicide but that's not just for young people that's for anybody who's in debt right people who are in debt and who feel that there is not a possibility that they're going to be able to pay off this debt have a higher chance of committing suicide right it's anxiety it's depression it's this feeling of i'm never going to be able to able to overcome this uh this surmountable task right so in saying that um, what you, the, the importance of ACC and what it is doing is it's you cannot even make it into a tangible benefit. They are providing an opportunity for students to study at cost, right? Mm-hmm. And then they're giving you a chance to pay back your loan, not right away. You don't have to pay back the moment you graduate or the, the first day that you get a job. ACC is very flexible in, in regards to its terms, its conditions. I know Dr. Other very well, Brother Abdullah very well. I only got involved because of their character and their, their forward-looking, their ambition, their mission that they have with ACC. And having dealt with some of the students who have taken loans from ACC, you see that they're very flexible, they're very generous, and it, is a, it's a, it has a mom-and-pop feeling, but it has the structure and the organization of any Fortune 500 company, right? So... The, that that pop that mind pop feeling is very important because the students do feel that we are there to listen and we are there to give them a voice in a situation where they would never have a voice. So you go out there, you take a loan. You can't just say, "Look, I'm not able to pay this loan back. Can you forgive me?" There is a debt forgiveness program that exists in in, in the country from the federal government, but not many people are even approved for it, and the the requirements are stringent. And not many people are granted it. I know I'm, I'm kind of going off. No, I think that's a really good point because, I mean, if you're talking about uh, jobs that are in those sectors, a lot of, a lot of times those are in education. Uh, and you're talking about not necessarily, you, you may not be uh, reaching your earning potential in those particular uh, fields that you're working in. Uh, and and there's, a, there's pretty much, I think it's generally like nine or ten years uh, that you got to put in uh, with those. But... 
that's also contingent upon um, uh, uh, presidential administration's mm -hmm. uh, policy. And right now we have uh, an educational policy that has been really very much anti-student uh, under um, Secretary uh, uh, Betsy DeVos. Um, so I, I want to ask you, when it comes to uh, when it comes to this ability to be able to offer something that people are probably listening to right now, like, what? Interest-free? Get out of here, right? When it comes to the, the, the ability to be able to do that, what, how, have you, how have you been able to uh, develop the capacity to offer something like, because this is gold. I know a lot of folks are going to hear this, like, okay, what do, we, what do we sign up at? And I think this is probably a good time to go ahead and just say, What's the website? What do people, what do people go? <laughs> Just yeah. throw it out there. Yeah. <laughs> ACCeducate.org backslash apply is, is how people apply. Okay. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's funny you bring it up. Like sometimes it sounds unbelievable. In fact, just today, we so we finished a khutbah in Bolingbrook, Muslim, may Allah bless the community. I mean, but we had a brother come up to one of our recipients, not knowing that he was recipient, but he's volunteering for the organization. Mm -hmm. And he's like, what's this organization about? He's like, oh, we give interest-free loans for college education. He's like, no, that's impossible. He's like, no, it's possible. I'm the recipient. He's like, no, I don't believe you. It's impossible. <laughs> and they had like a two or three minute discussion about the guy just saying, no, it's impossible. And right. the guy's like, no, I'm like a living example that it actually happened. And you know, I got money from this organization. Right. Uh, but it's just interesting. You're right. So uh, there, are, there were, sometimes it's difficult to start something new. I guess this concept definitely is not new. I mean, the, 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 uh, the idea of giving a dollar for dollar loan, I mean, it's part of our tradition uh, sure. as, as Muslims. Um, but I think getting it to a point where we are now five years in, we've already given out $1.5 million, we've helped 140 students, we've saved $800,000 of interest, we've already recollected mm. over $700,000 of repayments and then cycled it to other people, I think is one thing that's given us the validity of an organization that's you know here to do good things and hopefully inshallah here to stay for a long time. Um, so I think now that we've had like that street credibility, the history that we've had, that people are more willing to accept that like, this is an idea that is actually gonna work. Um, one of the things that people hate to do is to give loans and then have to like go back and collect it. And I think with our application process and obviously with the benefit of Allah and like the our online platform, I mean that makes it makes things a lot easier. And mm -hmm. alhamdulillah, by picking the right applicants and by picking the right the right job fields and so on and so forth, it makes it easier for to kind of continue our mission. And alhamdulillah, now that we again that we have five years under our belt, I mean that that makes it a lot easier. Alhamdulillah. Now, are there um, you mentioned? selecting uh, the right applicants and those who run in the uh, right fields. So uh, there are particular fields that you focus on? Well, that's a great question. So we actually don't specify any type of field, but in terms of the application process, it, I guess well, let's just quickly touch upon that. So number one, we focus on five main criteria. First criteria is how well you're doing in school. And what that means to us is like, you know, if you're doing well in your SAT scores, you're doing well in your MCAT, you're doing well on your yes, GPA, then inshallah you'll graduate, you'll be successful enough to get a good job. So that's number one. Number two is your Islamic education. How much time are you dedicating to get closer to Allah, to learn about His Prophet Sallallahu learning Arabic, so on and so forth. Just so that we, you know, there is some objective measure of how much you love of Allah, you love the Prophet Sallallahu And for us, what that means is if you're someone who's, you know, objectively more God conscious, having more taqwa, then more likely you'll return that money because you'll see it as a responsibility. Uh, number three is your community service. We're trying to nurture a generation of people who are not only well-educated in their Islamic sphere, but also well-educated in the secular sphere, so they can use both of those and synergistically to benefit the Muslim and non-Muslim community. So we want those people to learn how to give back to the community and that have a history or a track record of already giving back. And on top of that, for this third criteria, is if they know that the, the community is the one that funded their education, 
then they'll have that extra sense of responsibility to return that money. Hey, the community is the one that funded my education. I need to return that back so someone else can then go to school, knowing that there's that, that responsibility. Uh, number four is their financial situation. So obviously, we, we like to promote give loans to people who are in need. And then on top of that, we also look at what is, because we feel as the community donates money to the organization, it's a responsibility that we have to then get that money back from the recipient and then cycle it to other students. So while we don't specify the exact field, we definitely look at what is the ability for that person to pay back within that certain contract time. Uh, and if it, and if, and that makes sense along with their finances, you know, that's just an added point, an added plus to the application. And last but not least is the fifth criteria, which is their location. So we like to fund students where we're getting money from. So if we, for instance, we come to Chicago, Chicago donates a bunch of money to the organization, then as an organization, we feel very committed to Chicago. Hey, Chicago gave us an X amount of money. We should probably like return it back to that community so they can see the benefit of their own money within their own community. Wow. Um, so those are, the, those are the five basic criteria that we look at when looking at an application. But again, we don't specify any specific field. You know, right. I want to touch upon that just a little bit. Like um, the, the need factor, Right. Uh, we look at it as two sides. One, of course, that your IRS documents say that you're earning X amount, that we feel that you're you know, financially in need because we want to uplift our community as a whole. You know, if, if a certain part of the Muslim community is doing great and the other part's not doing great, I mean, how are we lifting our community? We, we need to lift the entire Ummah together and education is one way to uplift our community. So we definitely want to fund those students that are definitely uh, in need, but need can be relative, right? Um, for example, you can have a physician who's got four kids in college, he's not able to afford to pay all four kids' tuitions interest-free. So for us, being interest-free is very important. So for example, even if that physician will have to incur interest, uh, we'll consider that person in need. Uh, of course, we want to focus on the community that's truly in need, but just to clarify that applications are open for even those that you know, may be earning a lot, because you never know, we want to help them avoid interest any way that we can. Sure, sure. Well, there is an old saying, you know, the more you make, the more you end up spending. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and I, I want to bring something else back up. Uh, as we, uh, I was kind of thinking back to your comments about debt and the impact of it. Um, there are certain jobs, especially within uh, the government, if it's law enforcement or, or in the financial sector, there are certain jobs that you cannot get if you have um, an excessive amount of debt. Oh. If your credit score is you know, is really bad. And and the thinking is this, in particular when it comes to like uh, uh, law enforcement, is that you may compromise yourself. Mm -hmm. And this goes same for security clear, uh, clearances. If they look for a person who has got a lot of debt on them, it may put you in a, in a bad position where, you know, your ethics may become uh, compromised. Um, so this idea of debt, it's something I think that we're very much used to just dealing with mm -hmm. or just kind of accept as a fact of life. And what you're doing here is very much kind of pushing against the grain. Um, what are some of the, the challenges um, that you have had to overcome in getting things to the point that they're right now? You've helped, what you said, about 140 folks, and uh, you know, it looks like you, know, you all, alhamdulillah, are doing some wonderful work. What are some of the challenges that you've had to overcome to get to this point? Yeah, I mean, um, the challenges are too many to list, right? <laughs> <laughs> Everything from gaining the community's trust to, you know, this is a co-op model. Um, the thing about collective forces, imagine, like, if you had a, a hundred Muslims living in an apartment building, could they go to the management and say, God, like, there's hundred of us living here, we want to negotiate the rent. 
are going to a utility company saying, hey, you know, we've got a whole lot of customers. We're going to come under one pool and negotiate rent, right? So think about the, the power of collective is so strong. You know, I, I see some signs here in the Chicagoland area that we're a union family, right, or union supporting family. So uh, uh, the power of collective historically has been super strong. And as an Ummah, we feel the collective nature, like we're all bricks in one building, right? So this co-op that we've built, now imagine as the co-op grows, people are putting in $20 a month. Let's do it. Let's, how many uh, millions of Muslims are there in the U.S.? Let's just say currently we're focused on American Muslims, and shall we want this to actually benefit non-Muslims as well in our country and benefit the entire world? We want to uh, spread chapters across the entire world. Alhamdulillah, we still, we slowly we're growing, and we're, we've actually launched an Illinois chapter. Uh, okay. as of uh, a couple of months ago in February. So All you right. can go to acceducate.org slash IL and learn more about it. Um, but the point is that if, if the 3 million Muslims living in America, or let's say it's New Zealand where there's only 45,000 Muslims living, and mm -hmm. each of them came together, gave 20 or $50 a month, what, what, what would that number be? It'd be massive. Yeah. I think that would start to take care of one problem that we have which is student debt in this particular case, you can apply that to any other industry. You can apply that to healthcare. We come all together and save money together. If somebody gets sick, you know, we take care of them. So the, the power of collective is really strong. So my, um, you know, ch the challenge that we see is that power of collective, you have to gain the trust of the community in order getting to Getting people to buy in. To yeah, that. getting people to buy in. So, uh, you know, literally, I think we're going to have to go community to community, uh, talk to folks. And if you're listening here, you want to invite us to your community, you know, hit us up, uh, email us, and, and, and we'll come through. So um, this pool has to grow in order for us to uh, find more people. And also, I think the second challenge is for any nonprofit. Now we're talking nonprofit administration 101 mm -hmm. is to be self-sufficient, right? So we're in the process of building our endowment right now. So okay. alhamdulillah, last year was our first year for building the endowment. We were able to put away $200,000 uh, into uh -huh. the endowment. Inshallah. So if somebody wants to uh, donate in, in that way where they want their sadaqah to live on forever, right? So uh, this model, actually, it is forever as well. You, right. you give us $1,000, uh, you know, within two and a half years, our, our average return is in two and a half years. So if you give, loan uh, $1,000 to a student, we anticipate it to come back within two and a half years. So imagine, uh, inshallah, inshallah, you're living for 20 more years, you've 8x that money. If you give us $1,000, it's worth $8,000 of sadaqah. Now imagine this. Now imagine you put it into our endowment, right? So not only is it 8x in 20 years, but it's 8x times the amount of growth in our endowment. And alhamdulillah, you know, we're anticipating about 20% growth this year. We're getting $20,000 back, uh, $40,000 back from the $200,000 that we put in. Um, and if, if your money's in there, you know, your sadaqah is just going to keep growing and keep living. So That's right. I would say even after the person passes away, right? And, and I'm going to have Dr. Althar explain uh, the hadith that we live by in a continuous charity. The point is that uh, we have to convince the community that this uh, vehicle is one of your best forms of sadaqah that will uh, live on. So that, that's a challenge, I feel. And obviously internal challenges of growth and, uh, you know, uh, building a structure. Imran, I think you were exaggerating Fortune 500. I think we're, <laughs> we're inshallah, we're, we're getting there. Inshallah. Fortune 150? <laughs> <laughs> You're very optimistic, Masha. I see that. Uh, the, the, the point is that with any nonprofit as we grow, we have to structure internally. So I think, I think we're getting there. So some cha challenges of picking the right folks, uh, you know, to be on our boards, p picking the right uh, 
cities and states across the country to open chapters in uh, and structuring our endowment and so on and so forth. But I re really want you to sh shed light on the uh, hadith that we are inspired Please by. Do. Yeah. Please do. Well, so, I mean, um, so the hadith that we named our organization after was, is a famous hadith that we've all heard since we were young is that when the Prophet said, when a man dies, all of his deeds come to an end, except for three. And one of the things he mentions, it continues sharia, sadaqat and jari, right? Yeah. Not to mention knowledge that you leave behind, or righteous child that will pray for you. And we really feel that our organization manifests this hadith in all three aspects. I mean, one, when you give a sadaqah, you just heard Abdullah talking about, you give ACC a donation, it's a loan, right? So the loan will get loaned to one person, he'll go to school, get educated, graduate, and then he'll pay that loan back. And then what's going to happen? It's going to cycle to the next person. So mm -hmm. Muhammad's going to school, going to get educated, graduate, get a job, pay it back. Then it's going to go to Fatima. Go to school, get educated, graduate, and then pay that loan back. So that fits that first thing, a continuous charity. Not only that, but a lot of the scholars, when they interpret a righteous child that prays for you, it's not actually your own child. It's any child that you send to school that it will then pray for you because they know the benefit that you gave to them. Right. And one of the criteria of our, of the, the five criteria we talked about, are those people who are studying Islam, who are giving back to community, those people who, inshallah, will be righteous and will then appreciate the blessings that they receive from this organization through our donor. So that's the second aspect. And last but not least is laws that leave behind that benefits other people. And that our organization is based solely on providing education to people so that they can benefit other people. Not only themselves, their families, but just as importantly, the community at large, whether that's Muslim community or non-Muslim community. So we really feel through this hadith, we can manifest, we can manifest this hadith through our entire organization. And I think it, we're, we're very unique in that, in that aspect. And, and alhamdulillah, I think a lot of people have seen the benefit in that, and they've have, you know, helped, uh, and they've helped our organization because of, because of that. Mm, alhamdulillah. Uh, there's a famous um, educator, sociologist, Paolo uh, uh, Freire, who said that education is a political act. And I bring that, uh, that, that phrase, that, that quota, because one of the things that you point to uh, that folks can see on your website are the positive impacts of educating students. And in a political uh, reality where Muslims comprise 1% of the population, uh, here as well as in New Zealand, same thing, we're both 1%, right? Uh, that means that if you're gonna have an impact, that you've gotta have people who are uh, not just educated, but have the type of uh, character, right? And willingness to go out and, and serve and, and be a, an asset to not just the, to the Muslim community, but to the community at large. So there's, there's a political uh, reality that's also, I think, that, that's embedded within this as well. Could you all talk about some of those things? Because you've got up here increased household income, uh, increases quali quality of life, uh, increases the presence of educated Muslims uh, that can have a positive impact on society. And these are tremendously important things. Uh, please. Any one of you, <laughs> jump in on that. Just tell me. So I, I mean, I'll, yes. I'll tell the story. So myself, I'm part of the organization. I have my own business. I have my own podcast. How was I able to do these things? My grandfather and his younger brother migrated to this country in the 60s because they were given a visa as they were educated Indians. So you see now, because somebody was educated through higher education, they were granted a visa to come to this country and because of that, they were able to sponsor the larger family at large, right? So now my dad, all his sisters, my grandfather, all his younger brothers, our entire family comes here. Mm -hmm. Now, the vision, if you have the vision and the foresight, what was it able to yield? Now, the grandfather, he has so many descendants who are out there, professionals, business owners, making money, and it's really improved our quality of life. 
we would have been in a village in India, that's where we come from, mm -hmm. uh, s scrapping, right? Because you see the conditions are tough over there. There's overpopulation, the, there's poverty, there's bad economics. Now here we are, we own businesses, we own properties, and we're able to live, thrive, and then pass on what we have. So now, Dr. Other gave the example of his, his situation, right? Where his father taught him a lot of these principles and these values. All this is tied hand in hand. If somebody is given the opportunity to thrive and succeed, they're able to do so. And then when you instill the right values and principles into those people, you teach them the benefits of serving, right? Uh, serving the community, uh, serving their family. And then what ACC is doing, I really believe, is not, it's not a political tool, it's a paradigm shift. Mm. We're really trying to change the paradigm that exists that when somebody gives you something, you have to return it and give them more. No. We have in our, in our religion the concept of a goodly loan. Yeah. You get something and you give the same thing back. Right? Our reward is not necessarily in this life, even though there are very tangible rewards to this system in this life, but our reward is in the hereafter. So now just to tie it all together, and you're talking about the statistics on the website. Let's talk about the negative statistics and then you know, we can tie that to the, the positive. So my generation and younger, so I'm a millennial. Mm -hmm. We are as educated, if not more educated than the previous generations. So for the previous generation's master's degree, we have PhDs. For the previous generation's high school diploma, we have bachelor's and master's. But we are not paid what the previous generations earned with lower education, right? So we're more educated, but we're more in debt and we're making less. So now what's happening? The millennials and younger, they're not buying houses. Millennials and younger, they're not getting married. Millennials and younger, they don't have X amount of savings when the previous generations had more than that. So we are inheriting a bad situation and we're going to leave a worse situation unless we really enact a paradigm shift, which is what ACC is doing. Mm -hmm. And as you mentioned some of the statistics, right? If we have less debt, that means we have more money to spend on a house. If we have less debt, that means we have more money to spend on business ideas, investment, innovation. Innovation at the end of the day, which ACC is very innovative, right? Yeah. Is what what drives the economy. It, it's what drives forward momentum and just future thinking, right? So I, for me, it's a no-brainer. I think the, the, the organization is very transparent. If you go to the website, you can see their annual reports. You can see exactly how the money is being spent. Uh, we are vouched for by very prominent scholars and activists. Uh, and I, it's, it's something that resonates very, very dearly to me because when I went to the university that I went to, I went there specifically because I could not afford to go to a quote-unquote better university. Even though my university was great, the experience was great. I, if I could go back in time, and we don't live in regrets, I would have studied medicine mm. because this is what I'm passionate about. But I could not even consider studying medicine because I had no idea how, how I would um, pay for it. Right. I had no clue. I had no idea how I was going to pay 50000 whatever it, whatever it is, a year. And then you're talking about undergrad, then you're talking about medical school, then you're talking about residency where mm -hmm. you're, you know, you're working so many hours but you're not being paid much. So I said, you know what, I'm not even going to consider this. I'm going to study literature. And I really enjoyed studying literature, but it was, awesome. not, my, it was not my first choice. Yeah. So I, I hope that answers the question. No, I think that was great. That was great. That was great. Um, any final words that you all want to share uh, with the listening audience? Um, this is a this is a this is a wonderful wonderful program, uh, and I, I pray that it continues to grow uh, because, like you said, paradigm shift. But I, I I'm one who looks at the 
the, the, and not politics in a negative way, because a lot of times we hear politics and we think, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the dirty, you know, the, the dirty arts, but, um, but just in terms of being able to get, uh, to receive something from the system that you put into, right? Being able to advocate for yourself uh, in a way that, that reflects your values. And it's, it, you know, I, I think I see that as a, as a huge plus is a huge plus to the work that you all are doing. So, uh, Doc, I want to go to you. Did you have, um, what, what's the closing message? Uh, it's a good point. I mean, I think a lot of things to say, but I think it's summed up, uh, and I think Abdullah can also probably, add, like we said earlier, Abdullah's really good with words, Marshall. <laughs> but but, uh, <laughs> but uh, from, uh, from, our, from our perspective, I think one of the things, like I said, I think that I'd like to mention as, well as, a, as a closing note is, Alhamdulillah, as an organization, um, you know, we have been able to accomplish a lot of things in the last five and a half years. And as Abdullah mentioned, is we could have got here, number one, without the help of Allah. That's right. uh, number two is without the community involvement. And I think that's one thing that we're going to need going forward and that this organization does exist, but it exists because of the help the community has given us. And it's a responsibility for us, and we take it very seriously. But well, that comes into how we deal with the money, who we give the money to, how we collect the money back. Uh, and I think it's very important people understand that, you know, we're doing this to help our children, uh, to help the future of Islam by helping the students of today. Without education in the 21st century, living in the Western, Western world, the Muslim community, it would be very difficult for us to grow. Yes, obviously Islam plays a huge role in that, and we need to educate ourselves in Islam as well. But to argument that and to synergistically increase that with Western education, uh, that is really the goal of our organization, is to promote higher education but simultaneously, at the same time, to protect us against taking interest-based loans, to be in that slavery of economic financial slavery, and obviously to protect our, our relationship with Allah. And uh, I think with that, that's my, that's my main message. I'd love if you have any, any final words to listen. No, I think you hit it right on the nail. We need community involvement. One of the ways you can get involved, those that w- want to go above and beyond, you can create this model in your own community. Well, whether you're going to be a, a continuous charity chapter or not, why don't you get some friends and family together pull some money together and help somebody pay for their education. You know, whether they whether it's in terms of scholarship or we believe the loan model is more sustainable. But if you want to work with us, you can work with us to create a chapter in your city and your masjid to help your own community. And that's what we want, want to partner with uh, communities across the country. Okay. Alhamdulillah. All right. So, folks, uh, acceducate.org. That's acceducate.org. Uh, you can go there, get more information, and... Uh, I thank you, brothers, for, for coming in and, and sharing this wonderful information with us. All right, Radio Islam family, we're going to take a short break, but we will be back in a moment. Don't go anywhere. This is Radio Islam on WCEV, 1450 AM.